Welcome into episode 55 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again by Travis Graff and David Sisk of Cats Illustrated. Travis, what's going on, man? Doing good. Uh, excuse the bare room that I'm in the process of remodeling. So kind of changed up the studio now that Kelsey's back finishing her master's. She she gets precedence over the kitchen table. So that's this is totally, now my office. totally fair. That it sounds like uh, she is directing you when and where you need to be at all times, and that sounds like well, good old normal life. And I know and I'm I'm a smart man about it. So there you go. Well, David, we missed you last week. We had Sean Smith of of Go Big Blue Country take your spot for just a a brief minute. But you're back and better than ever. How are you doing? I'm I'm great, and I'm, I was scared I wasn't going to be back, man. You brought in heavy hitters, and <laughs> and and with uh, the Spartan room that uh, Travis has got going on there, I've been telling you guys there was going to be a divorce in the next three or four <laughs> months, and his bare walls of proof. I'm telling. All I've got is my Xbox and my laptop. That's it. Hey, that's, all that's, it. that's all you need, man. <laughs> Cheetos, a beanbag, and, and uh, cable TV, man. Well, I've actually lost 10 pounds over the last month. Now I'm going to gain about 20 more. So I'm gonna do All right. One step forward, two steps back. So we – I mean, okay, so by the time we recorded last week, we were thinking, all right, who's going to be the next guy to pop? Is it going to be Sky Clark? We'd just seen him work out up in northern Kentucky. Is it going to be Bryce Hopkins, who is – you know, seemingly, you know, days, if not weeks, weeks, if not days away from making a commitment on his end of things. You know, Hunter Salas just gets a brand new offer. Is he going to be a, a, a quick pledge? Who is going to be the first guy to make his uh, decision official and join Kentucky's class of 2021? Travis, I'm going to give you all the credit in the world. You give me a call at Friday, Friday night at 9.15 or so. And you say Kentucky got the, Kentucky's getting their first commit this weekend, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, Bryce Hopkins? Is it you know Hunter Salas? What, what we got? Sky Clark? What do we got going here?" He's like, "Nolan Hickman." I said, "Nolan Hickman? Where the hell did that come from?" Yeah, that's <clears throat> the person that told me was like, "Yeah, Hickman." I said, "Well, first let me let me set the scene a little bit." Somebody texted me and said, "Does UK not feel good about Hardy?" I said, "Last I checked, they think they're gonna get him one." And he said, well, they've got, they're going after Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman is going to commit to. I was like, or he said Hickman. I said, Hickman? I thought it was a typo. <laughs> and so I was just off, caught as off guard as anybody. They kept this totally secret. And, <clears throat> well, he's like, yeah, Nolan Hickman, he's a point guard from Utah. I said, who is this? <laughs> and I opened up, I was like, well, I'll be damned. And then <clears> – <throat> I was going to put in a future cast. I was like, oh, I'll get to break this. And then, of course, the greatest insider in the game, Corey Evans, put one in right before, like just recently before, let it be unannounced because he was on Sean Smith's uh, podcast a couple of days ago. He said that he kind of just wanted to let the kid have his time or whatever. And I did too, but I wanted to put in a future cast and do my job. If, if I didn't say that, then people would be like, oh, you don't know anything. So, I mean, everybody knows how that goes. So. But, yeah, I was caught way off guard. I called Jack and David, uh, who Kelsey calls both my boyfriends because I called them probably about five, six times a day each. Yeah. And <laughs> I told them, I was like, I said, Nolan Hickman is going to be a wildcat. I said, just start doing digging. <laughs> I said, I don't know who he is. 
he's around him to start doing digging. And David's like, all right, I'll talk to so-and-so. Jack's like, all right, I'll talk to so-and-so. So uh, we, di we divided and conquered at that point forward. And we didn't they, all, they almost got one over on us. They almost. I mean, the only one so far is Olivier Saar that we had no clue about. I mean, that was a shock and a half. I mean, it wasn't – I mean, 13 hours or so until, until he announced that commitment after rumors kind of started spreading that this was an imminent decision, that, that this wasn't going to last into the, you know, the following week or even later in the weekend. This was happening, and it was happening soon. So, David, we haven't gotten to, like, get, dive into your basketball brain, get your X's and O's. Now is the perfect opportunity to tell the world – who the heck is Nolan Hickman, and why should Kentucky fans be so excited about his addition? I want to piggyback off Travis for a minute. I talked to his dad, uh, gosh, Sunday or Monday, and did an interview with him, and I just started off, and I said, you almost pulled uh, the quietest recruitment in Kentucky history, and he just started laughing. He thought that was the funniest thing, that they almost got away with it. So, <laughs> But, um, you know – I've, uh, I know if you look at, uh, at the, uh, the two rankings, I know Rivals has got him in the 80s, and I think 247's got him in the 30s. And, you know, I, I spoke to, I won't mention the name, but somebody at Rivals, and you could narrow it down. I mean, there's only three or four people involved, and it was one of those. And he said, you know, he said, on a personal basis, of course, it's, it's a decision by committee on rankings. He said, I think he's too low. He said, I think he's somewhere in between where, you know, each each group has him. So I'm thinking, you know, probably in the 40s and 50s, uh, you know, and I've heard some – and this is not a knock on anybody when I say this, but, you know, when I hear people say or, or read comparisons to he's the next, uh, you know, Dame Lillard or something like that, I, I've not seen that. Uh, but – you know, he has different type of performances. I watched three games. I watched uh, the Garfield game, which was for the city championship. And, you know, people can have bad games. And he was really just kind of non-existent. He was you – I think he ended up having eight points. He was three for 14 from the field. He was 0 for 4 from the three-point area. None of them were close. Two for four from the line. And his two misses looked horrible. And I'm like, man, I, I just – I understand he's long-armed. He can defend. I'm just not sure what I'm seeing here. I watched him against uh, 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 Modern Day and Devin Askew. He played much better uh, and, and was hit three threes that game. Still, you know, really good defender. And I'm going to tell you something. When I watched that tape, I really came away with it seeing how good Devin Askew was because uh, – his school, Eastside Catholic, really had some guys that could defend. And they were sold out to guarding. And Devin Askew still had a big game. But then the game John Calipari saw him at, you know, he had 36, either 31 or 36. It depends where you read it against O'Day. And Calipari probably saw him live in person, the best game he's ever played. And, and yeah, he just looked phenomenal. He, um, If you watch him between Garfield and that one, when he couldn't make a shot or even come close against Garfield, and against O'Day and, and, and Ben Carroll, man, he's just like in between the legs, behind the back, 18, 19 footer. I mean, he's scoring NBA isolation moves when they have to go to about the fifth option in their, in their move because one through four don't work. And he was scoring off that. Um, he reminds me of Bryce Hopkins only because I think his offensive game is kind of like that. 
You know, we've talked about Bryce Hopkins' mid-range and game at the rim. Uh, Bryce Hopkins is like that. I, I'm, excuse me. Uh, um, he's like Hopkins with that. He's uh, both guys have a great mid-range game, great game uh, in the lane. Uh, we'll see how consistent he is. I don't think he's going to be a, a great outside shooter. I know uh, Corey Evans, I think he called it serviceable. I think enough to keep the defense honest. But I did notice in games, almost every game, teams were going under ball screens on him. So they're going to make him shoot the three. He runs the team well. I really like how he defends. He's long-armed. He's got about 6'9 wingspan. He can get past the lanes. He slides his feet. He chests up. He shows his hands. He doesn't grab. He plays with his feet. I think he's a player, like y'all said. You, you can tell, man, he's driven. He wants to do it the right way. I think he's a player Kentucky fans will, will really like. I'm not going to blow him up and say that he's Tyler Ulis or he's, he's Devin Booker or anybody like that, but I think he's going to be a good player at Kentucky. Well, I think you put that right up on, on a tee for me because we – we actually have his head coach joining us here in just a bit, Paul Peterson at Wasatch Academy, followed by none other than Nolan Hickman himself. We're going to have back-to-back -back, uh, special interviews, both interviews fantastic, especially Nolan Hickman. I'm telling you, he is an absolute going to be an absolute fan fav favorite just from an entertainment standpoint. Talk about the office characters and how good he is at video games and on top of just, you know, his commitment and, and what he plans to bring to the table, you know, all that good stuff on court wise but did he say anything about let me ask this did he say anything about his charity organization yeah he absolutely brought up the charity said you know how important it was for him to you know give back to the community and what it meant to him and to do these virtual camps you know he'd been doing this every single year in person uh but now that with everything going on he wanted to make sure it kept going was gonna surprise these kids with this commitment in person, things obviously change. But, yeah, we we're going to get into that. Uh, fantastic interview with him. We appreciate him for joining us. But before that, his head coach joined and kind of gave one heck of a – I mean, a heck of a comparison. He compared, he compared his game to the likes of Tyler Eulis and Rajon Rondo. Travis, I'm dying to know what you think of, of that comparison. You know, the defensive end was, was Rondo with his length, but offense – how he can control the game, kind of let the game come to him. That's how he that, – that's what he felt about his game. I haven't dove too deeply into scouting uh, Nolan yet, but I've, I've kind of like delegated all that to just let David do that. I've been so busy the last couple of days. David knows, is the best exit knows guy on this podcast, so I trust his opinion on it. But for me, having – Somebody compared to two of my favorite Wildcats of all time, Tyler Eulis, who Nolan does move like. He has same similar movements as Eulis does. He's a little bit taller. And Rondo, probably the best defensive guard to ever play at Kentucky. I think that – well, both of them, too, are the best defensive guards to ever play at Kentucky. That's the equivalent of – I mean, that's set the bar high. That's like me calling Jack Pilgrim, uh, Adrian Woge. So – and, uh, and Shams, you, you know. Yeah, and Shams. Got to be as, as versatile as possible. Three or one in the same. But, yeah, I haven't, I haven't dove too much into his film yet, but I plan to here in the very near future with the next couple of days, and I'm excited to, to uh, watch some full game film and set some highlights. So I, I texted Corey Evans after the first game I watched, and I said, all right, tell me what I'm missing here. I said, I kind of see uh, Ashton Hagens because I think he's a really good on-the-ball defender. I think he can hound it. Uh, and 
it just appears to me he's got to get in the lane. And he said, he's a he said, I think that's a fair comparison. He said, but I think he's a better shooter than Hagens. And I saw that after I talked to him in the next two games that I watched. He is a, he is a better shooter. Uh, I think it's like I said, it's just a little inconsistent now. And I think consistency is the thing that he's going to have to work on. Well, I can't name too many uh, high school athletes that were shooters in national games, but I mean, it is, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jack Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to kind of leave it at that with Nolan Hickman because we're going to let his head coach kind of tell you the X's and O's side of things. And we're going to let Nolan Hickman tell you the kind of behind the scenes inside look at it because we have both of them on to do exactly that. So kind of making our job easy for us with letting them both kind of give us a, you know, we're going to be out of jobs here soon. If, if we're, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard his coach's interview yet, but after talking to him and being a kind of off the rails interview, or we just talked about, you'll see what I'm talking about guys uh, whenever it gets to this part of this episode, but it's impossible not, not to like the kid. He's charismatic. He, he's got some swagger. He's confident and he's laid back at the same time. So he's going to be a fan favorite. And he's going to be really good to us media folk, I feel like. I feel like we're going to get some really good quotes from him throughout his years here. Yeah, I mean, you just go down the list. I mean, it was impressive quote after impressive quote, like from a, like, oh, yeah, I want to really give back to the community and, you know, that those type of quotes. And then just funny, like, you know, given office references, like, man, these are the characters I can't stand. I love this character because of this. Oh, my favorite rapper is this guy. Why, man? I, I don't know. Just, like, just funny quick witty i mean the, the kids are awesome love them to death you guys are going to enjoy the interview uh so let i mean they're doing our job for us so let's just move on to the next kind of the next biggest and immediate uh topic of conversation in, in kentucky basketball recruiting and that is we broke the news yesterday which is uh, days are kind of all running together i believe it was tuesday afternoon that kentucky has officially cut ties with none other than Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who for the longest time was seen as arguably the biggest lock to with Kentucky basketball in a, in a really, really long time. Uh, I talked to people on both sides of the equation. I talked to Brandon Huntley Hatfield's camp. I talked to Kentucky who they're making, who the, the individuals making these decisions. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway that, that I think both sides wanted to make clear is that this wasn't in a, a, you know, hard breakup. Um, but, it was definitely one that Kentucky initiated. They hadn't contacted Brandon Huntley Hatfield or his, you know, mother or his camp in well over a month since they made the since Brandon made the decision to to transfer away from IMG Academy. So we've talked about this situation in depth a lot, and especially over the last couple months, we have brought up the fact that there's some stuff going on in his game and his personal life and, and some other stuff that Kentucky has been wanting more and has been waiting and waiting and pushing and pushing, and they still haven't gotten it. And Travis, I want you to dive into that. What makes this a kind of a complicated relationship and why we got to the point we are right now? Yeah. As Jack alluded to over the past couple of months, especially on house of blue, I've been talking about like, Watch you, watch you, Brandon plays AAU with. Watch uh, what he works on this summer. Uh, watch his Instagram post because all those things were red flags to the Kentucky staff. When Bobby Mays hopped on the Zoom call with Brandon and his mom to talk to UK staff, we talked about on here like, does that? They asked him, does you being on here raise a red flag? We need to be worried about you. And 
He's like, no, no, but I mean, the writing is on the wall. Bobby Mays compels this recruit. That's why I put in a future cast for Tennessee the other day, One, or yesterday once it was confirmed that Kentucky cut ties. But at the same time, I talked to a source close to the Kentucky program probably a month and a half, two months ago, and they were asking, or I was asking them about Brandon. They were telling me, hey, look, we've given him stuff to work on. He's not working on it. He thinks he's a point guard. He's not going to do that. Um, talking about things such as social media posts from his camp, talking about how that they were fed up of constantly, like, felt like they were being drugged along with social media posts and it just kind of that people, I guess, were acting childish. That's not what they said, but I guess that's the way I'm interpreting it. No, I think that's fair. Yeah, but it's just the constant uh, social media posts. Uh, you know how Cal Perry is. And we talked about on here, whenever we were talking about uh, Jaden Hardy or Paul, which one you'd ha rather have? And I said, I, Isaiah Jackson and Lance Ware would equal those two because I don't think Brandon was going to do much. I think he'd be a five and five. And I said that on that on that podcast episode. I think that what he does and what Cal expects uh, from his bigs, I don't think would mesh whatsoever. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to some more here in a minute. I'll let one of y'all speak so I don't get too long-winded. But, yeah, basically that's what I've heard over the last couple of months. Now, David, we have – We've talked about the Bobby May situation in, in depth. It's been something that has been in the back of Kentucky, the Kentucky coaching staff's mind for a, a really long time. We've talked about it in detail. The exact quote I got yesterday in the midst of all this stuff was when he made that decision, when, when Brandon made the decision to transfer from IMG to Scotland Pre Institute, I, I can't remember the – I know it's Scotland something in Pennsylvania – um, when he made that decision, it turned from a Brandon and his inner circle family decision to a Bobby Mays recruitment. And the second it turned into a Bobby Mays recruitment, that's when Kentucky pulled the plug. They said, I was told the last time I talked to somebody to, at UK about Brandon, whenever this is in line with what I was talking about, whenever he left IMG, I was told that that was, quote, the weakest move he could possibly make. Yeah. So. So, David, we've talked about the, the, the Bobby Mays thing extensively, you know, in, in past weeks. But knowing now that officially that was a, a, that was a key part in the reason that, that Kentucky ended up, you know, parting ways, what, what does it, that mean to you now knowing that, like, that you were, you were right, that it, was a, that it was a red flag from the start? Well, I don't think anything happened that really that we're shocked by. And, you know, that's just the world of recruiting. Uh, you know, I think it's really funny that – or not funny, but, yeah, I guess you could say funny. That uh, if you – I remember when Travis and I would do recruiting mailbags I, back in the early summer, and I remember there was a guy said, same question, same answers. We're talking about the same subjects. And if you really go look at what Kentucky's 2021 recruiting class was in June and July – and now you look at it, what it is on August 26th, there's no Ben Caro, there's no Kennedy Chandler. Uh, Sky Clark looks like for now he's 2022. Uh, uh, Brendan Huntley Hatfield, Kentucky is out. Uh, and you've got Nolan Hickman, and you're looking at, at uh, Salas, and you're looking at other guys. You know, it, it's just w really weird how, I mean, it has just changed diametric diametrically 180 degrees. So uh, I think I'll put it this way. 
I just – it didn't appear to me like there was a lot of panic on Kentucky's side. You know, you lose Bancaro and then uh, you get the announcement on this less of in a week, and, and that may be why they move on to Damian Collins. So, you know, I think the, the Kentucky staff – I'll just put it this way. I think they were prepared for it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think they knew it was coming. Um, I think they'd known uh, for a couple of months, you know, that – they had lost a lot of minimal Bancaro, and I think they knew that for a couple of, of weeks anyway, that this one was trending the, the way that it went. Yeah. And then, a question real quick. Does this recruitment and the way UK handled it kind of seem eerily similar to Isaiah Todd in a way, different circumstances, but UK was the heavy favorite early. Certain circumstances happened which made UK not the favorite. UK ended up cutting ties. One was Bobby Mays, one was the G League. That was pulling and calling the shots for both players. Both players had circles that UK didn't really like to deal with, and that were everybody you talked to around the country said, "Hey, like there's a little, there's some red flags around that around that camp." It, it kind of seems similar to me because everybody one time was, "Oh, Isaiah's gonna be a Kentucky," and then it's, "Oh, Brandon's gonna be a Kentucky," and then something happens, and it's just like that. It's done. You know, red flags are, I guess, it's in the eye of the beholder whether red flags are good or bad. You know, for Kentucky, for Calipari, the red flag's probably bad. For Rick Barnes, it's probably good. And and I would, say, I would say the same with Isaiah Todd. You know, probably that was probably good for uh, the G League or whoever. But, you know, there's more than that. Um, you go back and look at Josh Christopher. You look at Jalen Green. You know, and you look at some of these other guys. And, and, and you know, there's been – this is this is not the first time, you know uh, – Kentucky's offered a player and then kind of cooled off a little bit, and, and, and those things happen. Uh, but I would say this, um, and I've said this all along, and I think the staff does a really good job of it, and I think Cal Perry's got a lot of street smarts and, and understands the game. Um, I think they're really good at detecting those red flags when things happen. And I think with all of these guys that we mentioned, they saw them. And they just like I said, they kind of tucked their heels in a little bit and went the other way. So um, uh, you know, he he he's as good at that as anybody, I think. Travis, I, I will tell you this morning, the individual I talked to at Kentucky brought up the Isaiah Todd situation and said it's it's a mirror replica, and and because of how that unfolded, that was a key you know a, a key decision in in their decision in part ways in in this recruitment they said specifically Isaiah Todd was kind of that's what happens whenever you kind of deal with with you know some of the excess stuff and and things behind the scenes and all that stuff but the person at Kentucky wanted to make clear a this was not a an ugly breakup they think Kentucky thinks it's a beautiful kid beautiful family really adores who he is as a person but just real but said you guys got to realize that John Calipari says, hey, Kentucky coaching staff, we want you to start expanding your horizons, cast a wide net. We want, you know, this coach, start looking at the 2022s. This coach, start looking at the 23s. Let's start building a relationship and, you know, start learning things about these kids. Find out who you like early. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield was one that the entire coaching staff said early. Ah, perfect. Alex Porthis' cousin five-star top 10 kid, local kid. We could have, you know, he's in our backyard. He checked off all the immediate boxes. And up until this point, 
they didn't know, you know, as we've seen over the last couple months, they didn't know a lot of what they know now that they wish they knew back then. And had they known that they probably would have, instead of focusing a lot of their energy on that, they would have gone elsewhere. And they said, there's no, you know, nothing personal toward the kid. Didn't mean to, you know, he went on, uh, David, we, we mentioned this before we started airing. He went on Twitter and, and kind of had this heartfelt message. I don't know if you have it pulled up. I'll go back and read it if not. Um, but said something along the lines of, and here, let me, I'm just going to pull it up right now. Um, he said, you want to know the worst thing about this industry is when a school stops recruiting you or when you leave a school and whatnot, they just forget about you like you never existed or y'all never met. It's sad. It's like they have no heart or soul. And it's like, and I don't think that's the feeling Kentucky wanted to, to give off. But at the same time, when, when you're done recruiting a kid, are you going to, you know, a month later be like, hey, man, you up? Like, like texting an ex-girlfriend? Like, I mean, at some point cutting ties means cutting ties and you can only do so much if you're the Kentucky coaching staff to, you know, you know, build emotions back up. And, you know, I mean, it just gets complicated at that point. It got to the point where they realized that this just was not a good fit at Kentucky because it was not, as Travis said, UK gave him a list of things to work on said, Hey, you are a six foot 10, 235 pound guy. We don't want you to just stay down low and only be, you know, a, a pure dinosaur center. We like that you can work, incorporate your perimeter game, but don't just stand flat-footed out, out on the perimeter and take open jump shots and think that's, that you're done, like you're an NBA polished product. Go inside, fill out that in, inside-out game, learn, you know, throw your weight around. You are a six-foot ten – I mean, if, if very similar to the Alex Poyther situation. If he wanted to truly dominate every single time he set foot on the court, he could. That's what his size is, especially at his age. He could be that person. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't gotten to that point yet. And, and I genuinely think if he had gotten to Kentucky and we had seen what he was, I think it would end up being more of a disappointment. You know, he could, he could end up being very good, but just not what people think he is. It's not even really the skill set. A lot of people worry about his motor. He's got a skill set, but I've, right. been, I've been told by multiple people that he's a, quote, poor man's out fourthers whenever it comes to motor. And I can tell you right now, Kentucky staff probably didn't love coaching Alex that much because you constantly have to kick him in the butt to get him to start going and do something. But at the same time, I think Brandon has a really high ceiling if he reaches his potential, but I think he's got a really low floor. I think he, he, he could be an NBA rotational player, be an NBA starter possibly at some point, and then he could also be Wayne Chisholm or Alex Boythus. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's – what was the quote that Cal had one time? He said, oh, it was like something along the lines of, you can thank your guard, you can play like a guard, but just know that we post our guards up a lot. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, and that's what it boils down to. I think there was an, one, of the, one of these summer events. In fact, he said, I, I think Bobby Mays or, you know, they, they said, we're not playing in this event unless Brandon can, play, can, can run point for us in, in this event. And I think that was just kind of something that people within, you know, people at Kentucky, just in recruit. I mean, this is not just a Kentucky thing. This is a national, I mean, everybody in the national, you know, beat writers and, and, and people that follow basketball recruiting, they're all pulling their hair, hair out going, dude, you're not a point guard, please. Just because you have guard skills does not make you a guard. Doesn't make your, doesn't mean that you're going to bring the ball to the floor every single possession and be LeBron James. Like that's not what, 
you are and please don't ruin your long-term potential because you're being told that like that's just not fair to you and your long-term potential even if you look long term how many bigs are there to post up in the nba probably 99 percent to work from yeah. the, but, but then they can step out and hit threes work from the uh mid-range but how many bigs are there in the nba they're like bam and jokic i can't that is initiate the offense bring the ball to court i can only think of those two i don't watch the nba as much as a lot of people do but i can only think of those two off the top of my head and yeah. for every one of those you got 20 guys are inside out guys like that's what you need to work on that's what Kentucky tried to tell him like work on this like there's no reason that you're 6'10, 230, and watching him for Bobby Mays, uh, play for Bobby Mays this summer, he's put up numbers. But yeah. the competition that he's playing, he's putting up numbers from the uh, from the perimeter. Imagine if he's in the paint. Nobody near him, near his size that can guard him. And it's just, I don't know. It's I feel like there's a missed opportunity. There's gonna be a missed opportunity with the development of this kid. Yeah. And this is something I, I Kentucky fans stop tagging him in things, stop tweeting at him, stop like just he's a kid he's a 16 17 year old kid that means well you know as as kentucky kentucky says that's a beautiful kid a beautiful can't like a a beautiful you know family beautiful mom like just just know that it's tough to it's tough to word word specific things you know without being too specific but to him personally he's been nothing but awesome kid yeah, it's not been nothing but polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. Like, ask answers wherever I ask, and like, he's he's just laid back. I mean, he it's not the kid's fault. It's it's not the kid's fault. Yeah, don't attack him on social media. If you know, I, I, he just added. Originally, his mother called me and said that that Kentucky was not on his final six. That this was a a a real thing. So, originally, he was cutting his list to six on on Friday. He just randomly put out that he was adding it to seven. So I don't know who that – I know the the original list. I don't know who that seventh, uh, that seventh added one is. So I don't know what's going to happen with it. But all I know is at the end of the day, he's not going to end up at Kentucky. And it's totally fine. It it, it It's unfortunate how things unfolded. Um, I think at the end of the day, if, if he was the same kid um, and, you know, ev- everything was the exact same – from start to finish, I think Kentucky would have loved to have him and kind of take on the take on not a project, but take on the the challenge of okay, this kid thinks he's a guard right now. Let's still let him have these guard skills and work on that, but let's let's really see if we can work on him and, and work on that motor and let him you know throw elbows down low and and realize how strong he is, utilize his body to to what it could be, and you know make him the top 10 level recruit he is right now he's he is that ranking right now because of uh, because of potential not what people expect him to be on a college campus in two three years whenever he's supposed to something uh, something i was thinking about is he wants to be a top five kid all right that's what he always tells me he said i want to be top five across the board for every ranking service i think aau actual aau not this uh not this covid ball that they're playing right now i think actual aau would be good for him because I feel like he would have got exposed in some degree. Maybe he wouldn't have. Maybe he would have proved everybody wrong. But I feel like he would have learned what he needed to work on. Like, hey, this won't fly anymore. But that might be a situation looking back for him personally or anybody personally looking at his recruitment that if there's actual AAU, it may have worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, not beat a dead dead horse any longer. 
this is the best decision on all parties. This is something that Kentucky is – it's going to be a net positive for Kentucky. It's probably going to be a net positive for, for Brandon too. It's a it's, – this is going to work out for both sides. And uh, just be fair, be, be open and, and, and understanding of the situation when he does make his final decision. I believe in, he's, just, he's planning to decide in January. Um, when we get to that point, be fair, wish him luck, and and uh, we we will see what Calipari does, um, you know, as a replacement option slash how he wants to round out the rest of his his recruiting recruiting class class slash roster. Um, well, okay. On that note, I know we're kind of running out of time. Um, there's two guys that we got to address: Bryce Hopkins and Hunter Salas. Um, Bryce Hopkins, I've been getting really familiar with his dad. Um, I think they're actually planning on taking an unofficial, unofficial down to Lexington, I think this weekend potentially, where they're just going to drive around campus. You know, they're not legally allowed to contact the coaching staff, be in any communication with them whatsoever. They're just going to drive down on their own dime. It'd be like you driving up to Chicago and just driving around the city. It's him driving down. They're going to go look around campus. They're going to see how things look. And there's a lot of momentum in Kentucky's direction that we will see a commitment here in the next, you know, if not days, weeks, I mean, a week or two. I mean, this, we're starting to approach commitment territory uh, for Bryce Hopkins. So Travis, what do you know so far about his recruitment? Uh, and, you know, do you have a timetable in mind and, you know, just what, what are your, what, what are your thoughts on, on when this will get done? I've talked to people that know his, that are in his camp or, and know his camp very well, coming from all different angles. And they've all said they expect a decision within the next, within the next few weeks. And the consensus seems to be Kentucky. It seems like Kentucky, Kentucky's a strong leader right now. Um, for them to drive down here on their own dime and check out the campus, I feel like that speaks wonders. <laughs> and I don't know, people in, the, in, in his AAU program feel like he's really going, like, like he's going to start a MOCAN to Kentucky Pipeline. Yeah. Who's the last one to come from Mocan? Was it Willie Collie Stein? I believe so. I mean, they got close with Nafali Dante. They got kind of sort of close with Kennedy Chandler, but I think I think it might be Willie Collie Stein. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll we'll see how it goes. We had his coach on, I believe, two weeks ago. Um, but David, what you know? What are you? hoping for out of the next couple of weeks with his recruitment and uh, uh are you kind of thinking what some of the other national national recruiting guys are thinking yeah um i guess this is one of the deals where i kind of got in on it early uh, but and i've had people ask me why did you put in a future cast for uh him to come to kentucky before he even got an offer and i was just told early on uh by somebody that would know that if Kentucky offers, he's coming. And uh, that's what I went on. And it just appeared to me that there was a lot more than tire kicking going on with Kentucky. I mean, if you looked at, you know, and, they, and maybe some of the stuff's out in the open and maybe some of it's not, but it, it looked to me like they even moved a little faster on him than they did Hunter Salas. Now, I know that the offers went out uh, at the, on the same day, if I'm not mistaken, last Friday, but – you know, the, the, they'd had, I guess, talked to him four or five days in a row right off the bat when he decommitted from Louisville. And uh, they'd had, I know, I guess maybe two or three Zoom meetings before Salas. They had the first one there. And I'm thinking, man, Hunter Salas is really, really good. 
a top 10 player. They, they are, there's something that they really like about Hopkins. So uh, I've not seen anything to change that. I think this kind of speeds it up. I've talked to him uh, probably on about three different occasions here in the last week or so. And, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, he's very happy that he got it. Now he's, he's, not coming out and saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, he's talking about I may wait up to the high school season and, and all that. And yeah, there's there's other schools involved. But, uh, you know, honestly, that's what he's supposed to say. Uh, yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with Travis 100%. I think it's imminent that, uh, you know, he's going to be a Kentucky Wildcat. And, you know, uh, I'd made a statement before last weekend, weekend rolling that he was going to be the, the – first one in a 2021 class, but he may be number two. Yeah, that, that's very true. Uh, you brought up his name several times, Hunter Salas. He's now Kentucky's lead uh, point guard, you know, uncommitted point guard prospect with Nolan Hickman now on board and Kenny Chandler off the board. Sky Chandler or Sky Clark seems like we're, we're um, you know, leaning toward 2022 right now we'll see we'll see where that goes but it seems like Hunter Salas is now the guy um Travis what do you know about his recruitment and and you know are you favoring the Cats right now his recruitment is a lot more tight-lipped than Bryce Hopkins I haven't personally talked to anybody uh close to Hunter Salas There's people around the Kentucky program talking to other analysts I don't know too much about the Hunter Salas commitment but or about the recruitment and no that wasn't a Fruitian slip there. He uh, he is a committee. So, but David said something about Iowa State being in a really good position. There's some other schools that are in a really good position that have, that national analysts have said um, they've been recruiting him for a long time. And like Corey Evans thinks he's ultimately going to end up in Kentucky, and that's the vibe I get too. But like he said, it's going to be hard for it's going to be it's going to be a difficult it's going to be a difficult task for sure. David, what do you like about his game? I know you said, you know, top 10 kid, he's really good. What, what, what specifically do you like about him and why would he be such a good fit alongside, you know, the, the Nolan Hickmans of the world and kind of who Kentucky is, you know, has already on the roster that is likely to return for a second year on top of who they may end up, you know, favored to get right now? Well, he's, he's a combo type. Now, I think eventually, you know, he's more of a point guard if, if you had to pick between the two, but he played, he plays the combo. Um, he, uh, you know, just, just does it all, man. And, and he's not the most dynamic guy in the world, but I had a guy tell me, he says, you know, you look at him and, and he just thinks, does things quietly all the way around. He says, you'll watch him in a game and you'll think he'll have 40, and you look, and he said his results are quiet. Yeah, I should put it that way. He said, you'll think you'll have 40 points because he just dominates in every aspect. In reality, he had 22 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. Mm -hmm. So he, he just does it all. Uh, uh, winning mentality, tremendous player. And, and just to touch on what Travis said, I have talked to uh, – been able to get in touch with some people around it. Um, you know, he lives in Omaha, so – he uh, – Creighton uh, is right there in Omaha. They were first in, you know, and and they've built a really strong relationship with him. would like to keep him home. People I've talked to don't think Nebraska quite as much. Uh, you know, Kansas and North Carolina. I think especially North Carolina more so than Kansas is somebody to watch. 
But I was told by somebody who knows the family incredibly well uh, that he thinks whoever gets him will have to beat out Iowa State. And he said that the Iowa State coaching staff has, and he said he is all about relationships and that the Iowa State coaching staff has done a great job of building that with him. And he's probably got a better one with them right now than anybody. Um, he, from what I hear about his recruitment, it reminds me of Kennedy Chandler. Um, I talked to um, two days before he committed to Tennessee, I talked to his dad. And his dad was like, we had a Zoom call with Roy Williams Monday night. We're going to have another one next Monday night. Man, I can't wait. And, and good talk to him again. And Brent Hubbs from VolQuest was down in Memphis the next day, and he was talking to Kennedy. Kennedy was like, man, I'm, getting, I'm ready to get this over. And he <laughs> said, I, I'm getting this over quick. And he committed the next day. And I think this is maybe kind of like that because Kennedy – and his, they both got great families, Salas and Ken, great families. The parents are involved, and they're, it's the kind of parent-kid relationship that you want. There are no handlers. There are no agents. There are none of the riffraff. There's none of it. The kid's going to make the choice, and the parents are going to be supportive. But I think in both cases, like with Kennedy, I think his dad really enjoyed the recruitment more than the kid did. The kid was tired of it, wanted to get it over, and the guy told me if – it would have went through April and May that the dad would have been great with it. And with this one, I think that Salas in a way wants to step away from it a little bit. has one to step away from it. He's kind of tired of everything, I think. And, and the parents, from what I hear, they, uh, well, I shouldn't say parents, but, but in that circle, I don't want to link anybody, but in that circle, there, there are probably some who would really like to see him go to a blue blood school. But I've been told that he's not about that as much that, you know, he, he, he could he could be fine anywhere. So there's a little dot of divide, but there's a difference of opinion in there. But like I said, a great – from what everything I hear, I'm not talking to his parents, but from everything I hear, great, great family that's very supportive. This isn't sour grapes whenever I say this whatsoever because I, I really enjoyed talking with Kennedy Chandler. His family has been great to me. I like him as a person and as a player. So when looking at what they do on the court and – how Kentucky's system is and the history of players that come through the Kentucky program. I feel like Hunter Stouse is the type of player that will come in, into Kentucky and he will just catch on to things. And his, his – he will reach his potential, his college potential, so much faster than a Kennedy Chandler will just because he has the tools that Cal Perry likes to work with. And as you said, he's a combo. He, he doesn't play like Tyrese Maxey, but I think he'll have a similar – uh, depending on who comes back and who else comes in, I think he'll be in a similar situation to uh, to Tyrese in the fact that he could play off guard or he could play point guard. I think Tyrese would have been fantastic as a point guard at Kentucky. You saw it the last game against Florida. I think if you let him run the point all, all year long, I think he would have been phenomenal because South's just somebody that's big. He can shoot over you. He can beat you off a dribble, and that's something that Cal Perry really looks for in the lead guard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll uh, we will see if we see any you know imminent movement in in Hunter Salas's recruitment. Um, but it seems like that one's definitely going to be one that that takes quite a bit longer than some of these others. in, in terms of obviously with Nolan Hickman, but also Bryce Bryce Hopkins, and you know maybe even potentially Sky Clark. We'll see where that goes. But um, definitely, it, it feels good to have some movement, some moving moving parts, and some you know commitments and and all that good stuff. Because it seems like we hit a little wall there for, for a while. 
there's two guys I want to talk about real quick that one of them nobody else has really talked about besides me over at Cats Illustrated. And then one is a guy that everybody's starting to hear whispers about. The one that everybody's hearing whispers about is Damian Collins. Four-star power forward slash center, depending on where you look. He's super athletic, super springy, can almost touch the top of the backboard. I watched – I scouted him at Leaf in the Griffin Elite camp the other day. Or uh, Team Griffin, not Griffin Elite. Team Griffin uh, combine a couple weeks ago. And, man, he's super athletic, and I think that that's where Kentucky will turn now that Jay Lucas is – all but here. I feel like that's where they're going to start going because Texas is loaded. David called me the other day and I'm off the number of the top guys in Texas. And Jay's captain with all of them. So that's going to be a recruitment to watch out for. Uh, rim protector, and a lot of people think that he could end up being the best big in the class long term. Paulo's going to be the best college college player out of all, out of all the bigs in the class. Let's Corey, Corey says he's Isaiah Jackson. On Isaiah Jackson. heard Stromile Swift. I've <laughs> yeah, Stromal Swift was a little bit before my time, but I remember how super athletic he was whenever I would get on a cat's paws at the time and checked out stuff and, like, look at the rankings. But another guy that I'm super high on that nobody knows about, and I'm glad that UK is kind of kicking the tires on him and inquiring about him, is Kaysen Moss. He's ranked, I think, at the highest on rivals. He's 90. He's a guy. He is a dog. He's a defender. He's, like, just – Pretty much, he's not super athletic, but he's strong. He's uh, he's quick. I'm telling you, he would be the best. He would be one of the top three guard defenders of the Cal era, if not the best on-ball defender of the Cal era. Like, he's that good. He's 6'4", um, plays down in Texas. So, probably, I'm telling you right now, he's ranked in the 90s. But after watching him myself, I think 2022 is absolutely loaded. I think at minimum, he's a top 25 player. He has the tools to be a top 10, top 15 player, but there's a lot of good guards in this class. And I think that if I've heard that Kentucky's inquired about him and from somebody uh, from a source close to him. So it's that would be one to watch out for. And I've, I've also heard that if Kentucky reaches out to him and offers him, that he'll be a due to Jay Lucas. So, and then uh, one last note on Damian Collins. Sorry, guys. Um, I was told that Kentucky and Duke, sorry, sorry, I know, and Duke, I'd throw that in. I was told that Kentucky and Duke are the only two schools that could beat out Oklahoma and Texas for Damian Collins. And Damian doesn't talk too much, so I don't expect too many interviews from, like, me on that, unless I luck out somehow. But apparently he's, like, a really quiet home. I've been kid. working on it, too. No luck. Yeah. But I heard that Oklahoma – I forget his – one of his best friends is already committed in the class to Oklahoma. I forget his name. Um, Bijan Cortez, I think that's how you pronounce it. And so everybody thinks Oklahoma leads, and now that things are getting jumbled up in Texas, who knows what doesn't. But those are those have been the two main dogs in that recruiting. But also, if Kentucky gets into it heavy, that they're going that they're gonna have a chance. So uh, one more, I'll add too, and and I, I'm just gonna piggyback off you, uh, Travis, because you was the one brought it up uh, on the board earlier today. But uh, Nolan Hickman evidently has been working on uh, Musa Diabate. And uh, well, he, he, it's what he said on our show that you'll. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Okay, Corey, Corey confirmed that. I, I immediately, when I saw you post that, I immediately went to uh, Corey. Corey says that's the case. And you know, I went back. I had an article in June. I didn't even remember doing it. But I know guys like him and Frank Kepnang are guys that I've mentioned for you know for gosh probably the better part of 2020 that are still guys that Kentucky might look at. And I know this, he is probably, or there's no probably to it, he's got the hardest recruiting 
uh, uh, cycle probably to uh, figure out of any player in a 2020 class. Nobody's got a clue what he's going to do. There's no favorites. So I, I don't know that Kentucky's – that means that Kentucky's gotten involved or they're going to, but, you, you know, that may be somebody you want to watch because, you know, he's very highly rated. And there's another guy, David uh, wrote an article earlier talking about guys that Jay Lucas could – that he's tied in with that UK could reach out to, that I've heard UK has reached out to. 2022 shooting guard Riley Griffin out of Richardson, Texas is a guy that apparently Kentucky's starting to kick the tires on and inquire about. So that's another guy, 6'5", 175. I'm going to start looking into his game more because I'm not educated enough right now to tell you all about him. Texas 2022 is absolutely loaded. And and they're talking about that this is the best class that maybe ever came out of the Dallas area ever. And But – if you go down Rivals one top 50, 150, and just look, I mean, it is just – there's Texas all over the place in quality and quantity. There's a, there's a lot in the lower part, but there's some – you talk about Lee Dort, you talk about some of these others, man, there's some really good players from Texas in 2022. Well, there you go, man. Kentucky, that Jay Lucas hiring, it's – I mean, it's, in, it's imminent at this point. I heard that we could hear something as soon as the end of the week, I believe – tomorrow thursday is when the job officially closes that uk posted um but i mean at, at this point it's i mean they're they're already talking money three hundred fifty thousand commitment yeah i mean it's it at this point i mean it took what two weeks until we heard the bruiser flint actually you know him actually being officially added to the coaching staff so at, at this point it's just not it's not if but when so uh, that obviously that's going to be a move that's going to be a, a, a long-term massive get for Kentucky, um, and we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, with that, we will jump out of here. Um, David, where can fans find your work? As always, we've, we've, uh, I'm in Travis's shadow at uh, Cats Illustrated and Coach David Sisk on Twitter. And Travis. Oh, and by the way, Travis, congratulations on the uh, – New career move, man. It's, uh, he's our, he's our local scout now. That's right. You're going to get into the full-time world of Jack Pilgrim where you don't have to work for a living. <laughs> I hope that was the case because I'm completely dead right now from working and studying for insurance tests. And other but, yeah, I just became regional scout covering Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, and Ohio for made hoops. And so if, you, if you're a quality basketball player, just reach out to me and uh, – I'll take care of it. But <laughs> I am David's apprentice at catsillustrated.com on the Rivals Network. And you can find my other podcast, uh, the Cat Scam Podcast, on all the podcast networks. And then, hell, I changed my app again now that I'm with, uh, now that I'm with Made and Rivals. It is now uh, at Travis Graff underscore. So. Can't even keep keep up with this with your new uh, accounts and changing your name and all that. It's at this point just type in Travis Graff and you'll find them somewhere. It would, yeah, you'll find them somewhere. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. I've been getting some recruiting questions through there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's that's been fun interacting with fans through email too. Um, find me there or Twitter, either one that works. We will now head to our interviews with Wasatch Academy head coach, Paul Peterson, followed by Nolan Hickman. Uh, with that, we'll be back next week for another jam pack sources say, we will see you then. 
We are happy to be joined by Paul Peterson, head coach of Kentucky Commit, Nolan Hickman at Wasash Academy. Uh, coach Peterson, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Still kind of uh, on cloud nine that I have a Kentucky Commit on my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, before we get into his game and, and what he brings to the table, I just got to ask, going into Friday evening, a lot of Kentucky fans really had no idea who Nolan Hickman you know, is. You know, the, the people that even follow recruiting – you know, rather closely, I mean, we didn't even start hearing rumblings of a potential commit going into late Friday evening. So, and you know, just a day later, he's officially a Kentucky Wildcat. So what did you know behind the scenes about Nolan's commitment? You know, was this a surprise to you too? Yeah, it was a surprise to me too. I, you know, I had briefly heard about it, but um, I was leaving all that up to um, his recruiting to his parents, Seattle Rotary, because they know him best and they know um, – his fit and stuff. So I, I did not have anything to do with that because they know him best. And so I was, I was just as shocked and excited as everybody else. Do you know why, you know, talking to him, you know, afterward, do you know why he went with the, you know, I'm going to keep things behind closed doors. I mean, apparently there was, there was an offer on the table three weeks ago. So do you know kind of behind the scenes after the fact now why he decided to go the route that he did and, and uh, you know, kind of what that means about his personality? Uh, no, I, I don't, but I do know that it's a tight-knit family, and they have a very small circle, uh, you know, even with, with people he works out with. So, you know, it, it was only right that only their circle knew about it um, because that's, that's how they've always been. Now, I, I, th- I mean – what did you know about Kentucky's contact beforehand? Um, like I said, I, you know, I think th- there was an official offer on the table three weeks in advance, but nobody even knew that contact had been made. Did you know anything about uh, you know just Kentucky reaching out at all? No, but I, I do know that they're, they're, they've seen him multiple times. I think it was when they went to see Paulo a couple times, mm-hmm. and, and you know Nolan kind of showed out, you know, and that, that's kind of how they got their first sighting of him. Yeah, didn't he have like 36 points that game, I believe? And I think Barbie, Coach Barbie and, and Coach Cal were, were there in attendance. And, you know, how isn't it kind of funny, small world, how, you know, Paolo ended up being a big heartbreak for Kentucky fans one day. And then just I believe it was the very next day we got a – or at least a couple days later that we got a, you know, tide turned and, and Kentucky got its first commit for the class of 2021. Right, and I don't think it was just one game they saw him, you know, when they went to go see Paolo. I think it was multiple games, and Nolan showed out multiple games uh, for Coach Cal and his staff. So this is obviously, you know, new to you. I mean, he just he just transferred to your program back in July. How did that come to fruition, and, you know, where did that connection come from for you to add a, you know, high-profile guy like Nolan Hickman? Uh, well, you know, we – his. He, we had known about him already by watching him uh, on EYBL, and then, you know, we, we tracked down his dad's number. And it took a while to get his dad on the phone because he's a busy guy. But once we got him on the phone, it was like we'd known each other forever. And um, we, we spoke for about an hour the first time I ever talked to him. And I was thinking in my head, like, I hope this guy will still be my friend, even if his son doesn't come to, to watch that. You know, he's such, he was just a good guy and I enjoyed talking to him so much and even now even though Nolan's committed we still talk like once or twice a week um, and then and, and then of course you know after the virus stuff happened you know 
we had him out for a visit to see the campus. Uh, Nolan Senior and his wife Chantel and, and Nolan, and they just fell in love with it. And uh, Richard Isaacs was there, you know, for his visit as well to show him around and kind of let him know how campus uh, how campus life was, and and they fell in love with it. Where do things stand currently in terms of you know seeing him this summer and you know have 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 you you gotten you know your hands on him yet? Have you seen any of these workouts or anything by chance? Yeah, so we had we did a couple workouts while he was here, um, and I was just blown away. You know, it when the altitude hits people, they usually shut down. They mm-hmm. can't do anything, but. The altitude hit him, and he wanted to keep going, and his handle was still tight, even though the altitude hit him. You know, his shots were still falling, even though the altitude hit him. You know, he's working out with powder white lips because he can't breathe, and, <laughs> and he was still going, you know. And it was, it's impressive because you see him in the workout, and then you see him on his highlights in games. That's his speed and pace. He plays at his own speed, own pace, whether it needs to be fast or whether it needs to be controlled. And, and and he plays. He sticks with it. He doesn't let anything or anyone speed him up. You know, on, on that note, you know, Kentucky fans, you know, maybe being a bit unfamiliar with his game. What what makes Nolan Hickman special? What makes him a a Kentucky guard in your eyes? Well, number one, he competes. I think if I know all the Kentucky fans know how Coach Cal is and how he makes every kid compete and earn their stripes. Um, that that's one thing that he's not shy about. He competes about everything. He might not express it vocally or yell at people, but he competes. And and the other thing is that I think one of the biggest things is uh, he'll get down and play defense with his six eight wingspan. You know, he's not shy from playing defense and using those arms like a like a Rajon Rondo uh, defensive style. You know, where where he's really in you, picking your pocket. You know picking you from behind and things like that. He really uses those arms. You, you bring up Rajon Rondo with, you know, some people talk about like he's like a six foot two Tyler Eulis. You know, what, what would be your best player comparison for him or at least somebody that you think he models his game after or, you know, somebody that you just think he, uh, you know, he closely resembles with his style of play and, you know, size, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's an interesting one because, I, you know, uh, there's not – I think he's just a mixture of a lot of guys. He's just not one guy. Um, you know, he, he's smooth like Ulis. You know, ball screens like Ulis, um, but a but a much better shooter than Ulis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he plays defense like like Rondo. Or, you know, so he's a. I would say he's a mixture of both, but but a way better shot. I mean, no disrespect to those guys, yeah. but a way better jumper and pull up than both of them. Man, that sounds like like music to Kentucky fans' ears, a mix of, of Rondo and Ulis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the awesome thing about him is he'll do whatever you need him to do. If you need him to run the show and facilitate, he'll do it. If you need him to score 30, he'll do it. If you need him to have 10 assists, he'll do it. If he needs to guard the best player, he'll do it. And so he's kind of, you know, like a utility knife. He'll, he'll just do whatever needs to be done uh, by the, whatever the coach asks of him. Now, looking at his rankings, I mean, they're, they're just kind of all over the place. 24-7 has him at number 30 overall. I think Rivals has him at like 71, you know, you know, well into the 70s. Um, you know, 
things are kind of all over the place. Nobody got to see him this summer, and and uh, but there's there's kind of rumblings behind the scenes that he could end up being the number one guard in America by the time he gets to Kentucky. So you know, do you think that he has that in him? You know, what what do you think his ceiling is? Uh, you know, both this this upcoming season and as he as he quickly you know enters the you know college ranks. Yeah, absolutely. I think he has the potential to be the number one guard in his class. And, you know, luckily with our schedule this year, he'll get to match up against those guards that, that might be ahead of him and, and prove it to the, to the whole country that he is, you know, potentially probably the best guard in, in his class. So, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. I've seen him in person. I've worked him out. I'm going to go see him this weekend. Don't sleep on him. That's all I'm saying. You know, yeah. ranking those rankings don't mean those those rankings don't mean anything. You know, and obviously I'm a little biased, but it's, it's because I've seen it. I've studied him. I did my due diligence when we recruited him, and I really believe he is. Who who are some of the um, the other guards that, that he that he's going to be going heads up against this year that you mentioned you know high high profile guys that he could could show out and, and kind of prove that he is he is number one. Yeah, so we'll we'll match up with Oak Hill this year. We'll match up with uh, Malu and Mom Bird and Sunrise Christian, um, um, and those are considered the top guards in the class. So. So we'll, and, and you know all those, all those teams are top twenty five in the country. So it'll be exciting not just to see them against um, the guards, but just against elite big men. You know, and, and NBA either. I mean, we'll be playing against the NBA guys. You know, so not just the guard matchups, but the team matchup will be awesome. Absolutely. Um, everybody talks about, you know, the, the big stage at Kentucky, you know, what it means to play at Rupp Arena, sport of the B- Big Blue Nation. You know, would you say in your, your, your time knowing him and getting to know him as, he, as he's, you know, getting acclimated to, to your program, uh, that he's prepared for that moment? I know you kind of mentioned that you guys are, are, have purposely built up, a, you know, a, a national powerhouse schedule. Um, you know, do, would you say that he fits that billing as of, a, you know, personality-wise of, of being able to fit in at a place? like Kentucky yeah because the, the biggest thing is he doesn't care you know he does he's not afraid of the moment he just plays you know he, he looks for the um the matchup and, and he doesn't get rattled in the game or the stage or the matchup he just hoops he just plays ball you know he's not worried about dunking on a certain guy or turning it personal he just plays ball you know and the, the other thing you know I'm really excited about is not a lot of kids um, they not a lot of them get to play with other high-level players, you know, and and um, our backcourt consists of a top 25 guard that's on Team USA too, named Richard Isaac. Yeah, and so Pop Pop is what they call him. So I, I think also as well that'll help him going into college because you know he's able to play with another elite guard where everybody in the world knows you're gonna play with other elite players at Kentucky. So. I think that's another um, benefit uh, for Nolan going forward. Yeah, I mean, K- Kentucky with, you know, John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, and just this past year, Emmanuel Quickly, Ashton Hagens, you know, Tyrese Maxey. Calipari is not afraid to, you know, if, if – 
if it needs to get to that point, have, you know, three lead guards, you know, all play on the court at the same time and just kind of, you know, have some some play on ball, some play off ball and, and just kind of say, you know, we're going to figure this out whether you like it or not, you know. How do you think he'll fit in from from that perspective as a, as a you know potentially off ball guard, not as much but maybe you know just as much as as being on ball. Yeah, the same way because um, you know we play a style that the ball doesn't stick. We try to get the ball from side to side as much as we can uh, to keep the health defense off balance. So you know it'll be this it would be the same way as if he were bringing the ball up you know because the ball's going to get from side to side it never sticks so and i think um for us and you know same in kentucky it's the same um where you know you're not really a 20 dribble a possession kind of guy you know you, you become really accurate with with your touches and things like that and then you know of course you get better off ball um spot up shooting and lifting out of the corner. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll end it here. If there's one thing you want Kentucky fans to, you know, kind of remember to, you know, get excited about Nolan's addition, what would you say that is? What did you – sorry, you said one thing? Yeah, if there's if there's one thing for Kentucky fans to kind of take away and, and be excited about, about Nolan's know. addition, what would that be? You know, I, I think the biggest thing is that he's not like this big superstar that's not approachable, to be honest. I, I mean, we all know what he can do on the court, but off the court, he's so personable. He, he wants to help as many people possible. He wants to help kids, you know. And so a lot of times, I know a lot of times, a lot of these superstars are not approachable or, or they're, they're, you know, not very nice people. I, I look forward to everyone communicating with Nolan off the court and getting actually getting to know him because he is approachable. He's a very nice guy, raised by a very wonderful family, and, and he's got his head on straight. So I think that is one of the biggest things he, he will bring to Kentucky. Well, man, I, I really appreciate your time, and uh, we're, we're obviously looking forward to, to his addition just as much as you are, it sounds like. I am so excited. I can't wait. School starts September 14th, and I'm counting the days down. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to talking to, you, talking to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We are happy to be joined by Kentucky commit Nolan Hickman, the first Wildcat commit in the class of 2021. Nolan, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, huge week, man. I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I'm thankful to be here. Well, uh, welcome to the show, and obviously to the you know new BBN family for you. Before we get into your game and you know what you hope to bring to the table, how excited you are to get to Lexington, uh, we got to start by just you know talking about this surprise commitment. You were this close to pulling off just the complete surprise with no one knowing at all. Uh, still shocked, you know, everybody at the timing and how fast everything moved. Uh, what went into your your you know decision to kind of shock everybody with with a surprise commitment? Um, you know, with the surprise commitment, um, it was actually supposed to be, you know, the day of my, um, camp, uh, the 20, you know, um, the 24th give back camp. But, um, you know, with things getting out and the media getting to it, you know, um, faster than I did, I had to put it out the day before, uh, August 23rd, you know, and with this, um, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to make it as unique as possible, um, you know, um, 
you know, four weeks back, you know, when they did offer me, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't even really say anything. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring it to, you know, the media or the socials. You know, I kind of kept it to myself and to my family. I actually did that for a reason, you know, with Kentucky being the big of the big and, you know, big blue nation, you know, <clears throat> you know, if, if things did get, you know, out of wraps, you know, it, it would have definitely went, you know, downhill. So, so but, uh, go for it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I just, you know, I just kept it to myself, kept it to my family, you know, and then after I really started considering I was going to go there, you know, I just decided to do it on my camp date. Um, when, when did you kind of give UK the nod or when did you kind of tell them that you were going to probably end up coming there behind the scenes? Like before, how long before the public announcement or did they find out whenever the public found out? Um, so UK actually um, offered me four weeks ago, and I would say I gave them the nod two weeks ago. If that makes sense, so like a, a week ago. Okay, about a week ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. What was the reaction? Yeah. Um, their their reaction. Coach Cal was stoked. He said that made his day. You know that that that, that it made his whole month. I think so. It, it, yeah, he was in the midst of a hurricane, so he couldn't really, you know, give his expression the way he wanted to, but he sounded stoked, you know, even after that, that hurricane, you know, he gave me a call, you know, so it, it was great, you know, so the whole the whole coach staff was stoked, I was stoked, I was excited, so, you know, BB and your I come. <laughs> now, you know, you talk about your camp, and that was obviously something big to you. You know, you didn't go with the big hat ceremony in front of friends and family. You didn't do it with ESPN mm-hmm. or one of the other big media outlets. Why? Why was that camp so important to you? For you know, for make you know, it, you know, even though things went you know quicker than you had hoped, why was that camp so important to you? And, and you know, even the next day, you know, what what makes that camp so so special to you? Yeah, man. That, um, the give back camp is just so huge for me. You know, it's just, it's just been, it's something that, you know, I've been building for so long and so think, you know, brainstorming about for so long. So, you know, giving back to these kids and seeing, you know, the the adrenaline and, and seeing the the excitement go through their eyes when they when they see, you know, a person who's just commit to Kentucky and, and, you know, just a, a hooper coming out of Seattle, just seeing their excitement to see me, you know, drop off their swag bags to their to their houses or or seeing me, you know, do the drills with them, you know, just seeing that excitement go through their eyes is just warming my heart. You know, it, it's just something that I'm definitely going to be doing for for the numbers of years going on. So it, it, it's just great. Were, were they excited to, you know, refer to you as Kentucky commit? No, you know, you know the, these young kids looking up to you as a, like, a true Kentucky commit instead of just, you know, high-profile basketball player from, from our area. Like, what, was there, like, a new level of ex- excitement knowing that, you know, going into it that they're talking to a, a Kentucky, you know, future Kentucky player? Nah, so that's the thing. Um, so, um, you know, when I actually got the swag bag, so I, I'm actually – I actually made swag bags for every kid, you know, and actually um, signed up for the Zoom call. And um, I was delivering them. And, you know, this is before I even made my commitment, you know, before I even said anything. So, you know, kids are still still hyped to even see me. So, you know, I'm, I'm still excited to even know that, at least, you know, to know that, to know that, you know, that they like me in my natural form, to not even know that they like me just because I'm a Kentucky commit. So, 
you know, that that even that that's even a plus. So right there, that 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 you know, that warms my heart. Now, how would you consider the camp to be a complete success? It seemed like there was just tons of kids on the virtual screens watching you, and then people were posting on their Instagrams that uh, you shared as well, just uh, of their parents probably taking pictures of them watching you on the screen. What did what does that feel mm-hmm. like? And is it just kids in your area, or how far does that uh, does that camp reach out? No, we had we had people in 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 Canada. We had people in um, Indonesia. We had United Kingdom. We, we had people in a whole bunch of different countries, so uh, different states. So um, yeah, it, it wasn't just you know locally. It was definitely everywhere. Um, you know, shout out to all the people who joined. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys joining on. It was definitely a huge success. I thought, you know. I thought I did great. I thought, you know, everybody on it did great. My team did great. So, you know, teaching fundamental basketball, that's that's the key. You know, a lot of people don't get that nowadays. So, you know, just giving back to the community as best as I can, you know, that's that's where I fit in. So, Switching back to, you know, switching back to Kentucky, what, what was their ultimate pitch to you? You know, why – you know why were they so excited to keep things under wrap? Obviously, you know you're you know and you know one of the fastest rising prospects in, in high school basketball. You know what did they see in you? What was part of their pitch that said, "Man, we got to keep this under wraps. We want this kid. We need this kid. Uh, this kid embodies what a Kentucky basketball point guard is." You know what what was their ultimate pitch to you? You know um, their ultimate pitch to me was you know they wanted somebody who who is interested in Kentucky and is who's been dreaming to go to Kentucky for so long. You know, they, they reminded me, they, they said they, they think of me as Shay Alexander because mm-hmm. you know how he came, you know, late on the scene and, you know, was high rising and, you know, you know, that he just hopped back on the scene, you know, they just offered him. So right when they said that, and, you know, they, they really wanted me and, you know, coach Cal showed his interest to me, you know, right. As soon as I seen that, you know, I just felt like I was wanted, I was needed, so I just felt like the right fit for me. So. Now, now UK's coaches have said, Shay, your your coaches said a couple other players, and mm-hmm. uh, there's been analysts that compare you to other players as well. Who do you try to take bits and pieces from uh, whenever watching them play, either at the college level or at the professional level? Um. Honestly, um, you know, I, I, I take bits and pieces from, you know, every every point guard I really, you know, make contact with, I see, you know, I, I try to, you know, take a little bit from it. I do watch a lot of basketball, so, but honestly, you know, I try to form my game, you know, around myself, on my own player, you know, I don't, I don't really try to mock my own game, for, you know, you know, with anybody, you know, you know it's just, I, I feel like I'm unique, you know, I, I, I do everything on the court, so. I just feel like, you know, I'm I'm just one of a kind. So, it, it, no, you know, no offense to no other Hoopers, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, that's just what I've been going with for so long. So, Now, I, I will say, though, Coach Peterson, he his comparison of you was a mix of Tyler Eulis and Rajon Rondo in terms of, you know, offensively, just the way you control <laughs> the pace on, you know, the offensive end of the floor, but defensively, six foot eight, you know, wingspan, you know, just, yeah. you know, the, the way you kind of, or attack both ends of the floor, said that you're a solid mix of both. But then he jumped on to say, uh, but he's a better shooter than both of them. He's like, no disrespect to, to either Tyler or, <laughs> or Rajam, but 
I, I know what this kid is as, as a shooter. You know, what does that mean to you? A, for your coach to kind of, you know, hype you up as a dude that, that you know, yeah. two, of, two of Kentucky's best point guards in, in history, uh, but thinks yeah. that, that that's, that's what he sees in you. Yeah, yeah, it, mean, it means a lot to me. It's just crazy, you know. Even being in the talk with the greats like that is just crazy to me, you know. Just, you know, even with them saying I have a better shot than them, you know, I would have never thought, like, what, a better shot than an NBA player? Like, yeah. it's crazy. But, um, yeah, you know, that just means a lot to me. So, Is there any part of your game in particular that you feel like you need to work on or that you've been focusing, working on during this offseason? Um, definitely, you know, my athleticism, um, that's definitely one thing I need to work on. Um, my one foot, my two feet, you know, all that. I just need to, you know, come come to form and come into one uh, with my hoop package and my hoop game. Um, I feel like my passes, my passes need to be more crisp. I need to work on that as well. But, um, you know, just just everything in my game, you know, you can never stop getting better. So, you know, I'm always in the gym, so. How, how much did you miss, you know, EYBL this year with Seattle Rotary? Obviously, we got to ask about Paolo as well. Everybody has been talking about that, how, you know, you guys have such a, such a close relationship. You know, mm-hmm. the, the people behind the scenes thought that this summer in particular was going to be like your breakthrough moment where, you know, you weren't going to be – you know, right now it's, I, I believe uh, – It was. Yeah, I believe 24-7 has you at like 30, and I think Rivals has you at like 70-something. You know, people are oh. all over all over the place mm-hmm. because they haven't seen you you know so recently what what did this summer mean to you and how much do you think it kind of it how much did it suck for you that you weren't able to kind of have that that national spotlight moment yeah yeah it really did suck you know it it really did suck it really did save a lot of lives i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna lie to you it really did save a lot of lives you know a lot of people were saved by this corona you know um, I was really coming after every single one of them. You know, I'm not. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna get on here and cap to you. You know, I was definitely coming for everybody's head. I was definitely gonna be rising. So, you know, not even me. My whole team was. You know, we was definitely coming for that PGM spot. So, you know, just for Corona being taken away, and you know, for that, for this coming, for this to be coming so sudden is just it, it hurts. But you know. You know, it's just, you know, we got to deal with it. You know, I got faith that everything's going to be okay. So, This is the last question I have for you, Nolan. Uh, for, mm-hmm. for UK fans, as they're preparing for you to uh, come to Lexington within the next year, what are three words that you would describe Nolan Hickman as? Three words describe me as? I'm driven. I'm a hard worker. I like to win. That's just point blank. Period. There you go. That that works. Um, <laughs> uh, so so there's there's some rumblings behind the scenes that you know had you had this summer to to you know kind of show show off who you are as a player. Uh, I mean there there are people. I think Kentucky thinks that you're the best point guard in in high school in, in your class right now, the number one point guard in the nation. You know. He, Coach Peterson said he's kind of told you not to worry about the rankings. You're, you know, that that will come. But he also said that you guys have a schedule this year to kind of combat the fact that you didn't get that opportunity this summer. That you know, I think you guys are going up against Montverde, Lalu, you know, Sunrise mm-hmm. Christian. You're going to be able to go up against Kennedy Chandler. Like, I mean, you you didn't get that opportunity this summer, but I think they've kind of over, exactly. they've overcompensated with the schedule so 
you can show off this, you know, this upcoming season and kind of, you know, maybe at the end of the day, you will be the number one point guard in the nation. How, how important is it for you to have that, you know, title next to your name or just, you know, even if it's not even about recruiting rankings or whatever, just to kind of prove in these head to head matchups that you are, you are who you think you are. You know, I never really worried about rankings, you know, things will come to light, things will show, you know, I'm, I'm not really a fan of the rankings, you know, I see where I'm at right now. I never really been above the rankings, if I'm being honest. You know, I never really had respects like that. You know, nobody really paid me respect, so I always had a chip on my shoulder, no matter when, no matter what time I step on the court. So, um, you know, just just having that chip on my shoulder and maintaining that, and still having that, you know, going on within my years. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely gonna, you know, shoot for that number one spot, no matter what. So that's definitely gonna be the goal, be the best out. What what would you say separates your game from those other you know t- number one number two number three point guards in the nation that you know that you think that you personally are you know kind of separate yourself from? Because I'm not just only a point guard. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a combo guard. I can play the one and the two. I'm a facilitator. I can score. I can pass it. I'm I'm just unique. I can rebound. I'm tall. I can play defense. Um, you know, I can I can I can go get some off the glass for you. I could, I could block a sh- I could block a shot and get back. I could hustle. Yeah, I'm 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 just I'm just a real unique player. You know, I'm 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 definitely, you know, one of a kind to in my eyes, you know. And and I hope people see that, you know, when they when they see me for the first time. So now, everybody talks about the big stage at Kentucky, Rupp Arena, you know, crazy BBN, you know, all that good stuff. What you know, would you say that you're prepared for that moment and that spotlight at the next level? Hundred uh, percent. I never shy down. I never shy down away from any any event, any any big stage. You know, that's that's one thing my my pops always been telling me. You know, there's never no such thing as nervous. You know, it's just you just go in there. It's, it's just hoop. You know, it's it's nothing to be nervous about. It's nothing to be scared about. You know, you've been doing this all your life. You know, I've been doing this since three. So you know, just just go in there, just hoop, just have fun. You know, that's what that's what hoops all about. So. I actually do have uh, do have one, one more question. Uh, in terms of players that Kentucky's recruiting or players that you're close with, is there anybody that you're on heavy now that you're committed to try to get to join you in Lexington? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to push the tempo with Patrick Baldwin. Um, I've been trying to push the tempo with even my guy, uh, Paulo. You know, even with him even being committed to Duke, I've been trying to, you know, talk that BBN in his ear. You know, he's under the, he's, you know, he's picked the wrong blue. <laughs> Um, you know, um, I've been trying to, uh, I've been reaching out to Musa. Um, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know his last name. Diabate, um, I believe. Diabate? Yeah, yeah, uh, IMG, yeah, IMG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's his last name, yeah. Trying to reach out to him. Um, so, I, I've been really doing my recruiting, you know, as a point guard, you know, reaching out to anybody I can, you know, to help this team flourish and, and be the best it can be, so. Get this tenth net. <laughs> I skipped that for a reason. You know, my <laughs> go out there and do their thing. So, absolutely. Uh, talking to recruits on the show in the past, we've had you know Jaden, you know Jaden Bradley, Sky Clark, Paolo. We've had we've had a whole bunch of you know high profile guys. We want to know what they're like off the off the floor. We've you know some of them said they play saxophone. They're in the school band. You know they're video mm-hmm. game phenoms like. 
there's something about every every kid that we have on here that nobody really knows about, you know, because they, they, they just go on YouTube, they see the highlights, they see games <laughs> in person. But w- w- there's got to be something about you that nobody else knows uh, that you do in your off time or something about your personality. What would you say that is that, that you think would surprise fans? Um, a huge office fan. Um, I love to show the office. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, that a lot of people know. Um, um, I play a lot of video games. You know, I'm a Modern Warfare fiend. I love Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, any Call of Duty that I play. Love it to death. Um, Fortnite's been, you know, Fortnite, that's on the, that's on the, you know, down, you know, that's that's going downhill, you yeah. know, now. But, you know, that's definitely something I was good at, too. Don't get it twisted. When Fortnite <laughs> was popping, I was definitely the goat at it. But, uh, yeah. Who's, so, who's your favorite? Uh, you play 2K at all? Yeah. Uh, no, that's one thing I don't play. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. I'm not a 2K head. I do not. I don't not. I hate 2K. I you hate. You're saving yourself a lot of grief with this year's version. It sucks. But yeah. Main, main question that's going to determine a lot for me personally is who's your favorite character on the office? Ooh, favorite character on the office. Uh, I'm gonna go with Dwight. Of course, you gotta go with Dwight. Man, oh, that was a safe answer. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a good answer, though. That's a good answer. I mean, if you I said if you said somebody like Gabe or somebody like you know Meredith or something, I, I would have. Uh, we would have. <laughs> no, had... come on. Creed's where it's at. Creed, Creed, go Creed's Creed. the goat. Creed, no, Creed is a weirdo. I can't <laughs> believe you can like Creed. What? Creed he's funny though. He's funny though. He, he's funny. Yeah, though. he is. A- yeah, but but yeah, Gabe, Gabe is the ultimate. Like, if if you if you like Gabe, we gotta like kick you off, like kick you off the show, because like, man, Gabe Gabe's the worst character of all time. Him, uh, him and uh, no, 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 Pam is the worst character of all time. She always got a stink attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and who's yeah. the uh, 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 oh man, Lenny or the who's the the female that comes in at the end, the, like the last couple seasons, the the with the English accent. Um. Um. Uh, Oh, it's gonna kill me! It's gonna kill me! It's gonna kill me! Hold on, hold on, hold on! I gotta think! I gotta think! Starts with an think. L. Um, um, not Leslie. Um, Nelly, Nelly, man, Nelly. I, I can't yeah. stand yeah, it her character. Mm-hmm. Well, Ellie, you know, you know what I'm saying. It L, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Now, yeah. Nelly and Gabe are the two worst characters in the show. Uh, but man, I, <laughs> I think Pam's kind of a hot. That's kind of a hot take. Like, you know, you don't see that often because of the Jim Pam relationship. Everybody talks about how like, oh, they're so cute and all that. Like, man, that's kind of a hot that's kind of a hot take. What why why don't you why don't you like it? Why don't you like her? I don't know. I just never liked Pam. It just it was weird. It's just like when she hopped on the scene, you know, with with um Jim already having a relationship with um what's her name? Um with uh with the receptionist. I forgot her name. Um uh Karen. Was it Karen? Was it Karen? Oh no, the like the first one, like the very first one. It's yeah, a, yeah, the first one, the very first girl. I know who you're talking about. Um, and she was married to um, Katie. Was it Katie? Like she's uh, Amy Adams. She's that famous famous actress right now. I think I don't know, but yeah, she's you know, she, kill me. She's kind of over overstepping her boundaries a little bit. I I yeah, I understand. That makes sense. Yeah, and I just I wasn't messing with it, and that and you know with um, Pam, yeah. Yeah, that's Pam. Okay, that's Pam. Yeah, we're getting we're getting characters mixed up. Okay, so Jim was uh like like had a relationship with Pam, and Pam was married to the dude who worked in the gov- um 
I worked in the, in the you know in the, the warehouse. Uh, yeah. The warehouse. Yeah, in the warehouse. Roy. Yeah, in the warehouse. Yeah, so then when um that one, uh Jan, not Jan, what's the one girl from the other office? Karen, yeah, Karen. Karen yeah. She popped on the scene. That's the girl I don't like. I don't like Karen. Karen. I don't like Karen. Oh, I'm and seeing Karen, now that completely changes. That completely changes the whole thing. Like like, he said Pam, I was like, Man, I don't know if I can be a supporter of this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Pam. I like Pam. Well everybody Karen kinda talks about people talk about how Pam kinda like killed uh killed Jim's like, you know, athlete dreams. Like he wanted to have these big like, oh, I might have to leave the paper industry and you know, become this athlete like salesman, agent type dude. And she was like, Nah, I yeah. want you to stay here, even though she's trying to go get her art, you know, go to art school and all that stuff. So I, I could I could see kind of the I, I could see some of the animosity toward toward her too, yeah, but but yeah, she's she's still she's still a good character. Man, this yeah. got off the rails real quick. Um, <laughs> All right, to get back to get back on the rails, but kind of figure out more about your personality. Who who were the main artists on your pregame warm up music list? Who my main artists? Um, my main artists um, right now is probably either Drake or Future. Right now. I've been bumping a lot of Future lately. Future is uh, my favorite, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> even though he's the Toxic King, you know, I've been <laughs> really bumping him lately. That's, so. that's why I like him. <laughs> yeah, Toxic, but, toxic uh, King. I'm a huge fan of Detroit rappers. You know, that's that's something that I, I like to point out, too. That's not a lot of people. It's not That's not something that a lot of people listen to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Detroit rappers fan. Uh, like Big you know, Sean? Just to point out a few V's, Babyface, Ray, you know, a few of them. You know, I'm a huge fan of them. So, if you're a Detroit rapper fan, you gotta be a fan of Eminem, then. Yeah. Um. No, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not even a fan of Eminem. <laughs> nah, I'm not even a fan of Eminem. I thought you, I thought you were gonna hit us with a hot take of like Big Sean being your favorite rapper of all time. We we're about to be like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever you like, man. Big but... Sean's cool though. Big Sean's cool though. Don't, he, don't get Big Sean's cool. He's corny. He got, he he's corny though. Hits. Slightly corny. The kids, the kids are getting more weird by more weird by the year. I had a seventeen year old the other day tell me that Baby Bash was his favorite rapper, and he I haven't heard a song from him since I was in elementary school. <laughs> Baby Bash. Yeah, exactly. You don't know who that is. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, um, let's let's end it right here. All right, if there's one thing, one thing Kentucky fans need to be excited about you, uh, what would that be? And give give a final message to the BBN. Um, let's win. That's all I got to say. Let's win. I'm ready to win. I'm ready to rock out. You yep. know, BBN, let's take this thing to the 10th. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Nolan, well, uh, we appreciate you. We're excited about your addition. I know fans are going to love this. And uh, uh, we look we look forward to having you in Lexington, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate this.